3: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
2: iHeartRadio presents conversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, conversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse
0: on the industry.
4: and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the iHeart Podcast webinar speaker series. We do this every Thursday where we take a break for about a half an hour and uh, it is easily my favorite part of the week because I get to stop down and talk to a creator, a partner of ours in this very cool medium, podcasting. This week is an awesome treat for me to be able to talk to Elisa Stilverstone. First of all, thank you so much for hanging out with me for half hour this week. I really appreciate it.
5: Thank you so much for having me.
4: You are many things and now a podcaster. And we're going to get into all those things a little bit, but especially into podcasting. But I think sometimes the coolest, most interesting, certainly part of these conversations is where creators come from. The 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 thing that first initially gave them that bug to make content, whether it was write or act or, or sing or perform. And so you started this young. Where did that come from? Was it a, a sibling, a parent, a hero that you saw at school that you wanted to be just like? Where did you get that bug to create so early? How did that happen?
5: My parents are English, and I would spend a lot of time in England in the summers with my family. And when we were there, I would see these plays on in the West End, our Broadway and the West End of London is where these amazing shows would be. And I saw Manuel from Faulty Towers in a play. If you know Faulty Towers, you know what I'm talking I know trying.
4: exactly what you're talking about. I love this.
5: <laughs> and I saw him in a play when I was, I don't know how old, seven, eight, and I was hanging over the balcony because we had these balcony seats. And I was hanging over to try and see better because I was so little. And I was just in love with him. And just he was so fantastic. And my dad would always take me backstage afterwards to get our our, our little playbook signed. And I don't know why I did not save all these. I've thrown them all away. I, I can't even imagine whose autographs I have that I would be like, what? But anyway, I would get them signed. And Manuel was there. I don't know his real name. That's terrible. And he said to me, are you the little girl who was hanging over the balcony? And I don't know why that had a really big effect on me. And I just, I don't know that I, I think I just thought I want whatever this is that I'm experiencing, I want to be a part of. I didn't know how or what. And then when I was about eight, soon after, I suppose, I wanted to be an actress from when I was very little, but I think that we all do. So I don't, it didn't mean anything. It just meant, you know, I liked dancing. I liked singing. I liked performing and I didn't really know what it it meant or what it was. I didn't watch movies and go, I want to be in movies. I had no idea about that. And then eventually I figured out that I guess around the age 12, when I started taking real acting classes, I started to figure out that acting felt like therapy and that all the things I was struggling with in my home and in my life could come out into these roles. And this was something I figured out at a very important time because when you're 12, there's so many problems. And so I was really able to channel a lot of stuff into that. And so I I was in acting classes in school in my class and my dad said, you're really good. I think we should try and find a real situation outside of school for you to go to acting school. And so I started doing that. And that's really the beginning of it all. God, the Faulty
4: Towers. I can't let this go. So the yeah. first VHS complete set that my parents bought was Faulty Towers. And for those watching, very good parents, listening, this is a John Cleese show sometime yeah. after Monty Python that's really, truly, explosively funny. How did that, though, turn into to Clueless? So, like, how did that happen? Did you suddenly wake up and be like, whoa, I'm now in a massive hit movie. This is all different and will never be the same again. Or was it more gradual?
5: It was gradual. And that also happened. Yes. <laughs> Both of those things happened. I start, I moved to LA when I was 14 because my studying of acting from 12 to 14 got really good around the time of I was 14. I was invited to come to LA with my teacher and this manager person that sort of organized it all and Judy O'Neill. And I, I came to LA for the summer. And in that summer, we did a showcase. I found an, an agent Took me and I didn't even know what I was doing in the showcase. I had no idea that I was looking for an agent. I was 14 years old, just happy to be there. And I was just happy acting. And I was doing a scene where I'm talking about, I'm not normal from album. So to be honest, I was a little thespian and I wasn't, intru- I didn't know about any of the other stuff, but I got an agent and that agent ended up being a big part of my life. And I started auditioning and auditioning and, um, I had to go back to school after the summer was over, but I kept flying back and forth for these auditions. And I think in there somewhere, I got a Domino's pizza commercial. Blah, I got a, um, a Southern Bell commercial for a telephone company. And then I got the Wonder Years. And anyway, it became clear that moving, but going back and forth was not really working. So I asked, I said to my parents, I'm going to move to Los Angeles and live with my manager. And I was 14 years old. No, maybe I was now, I now maybe I'm 15. I'm not sure. But anyway, I did. Somewhere in the middle of sophomore year, I had to move. I, it was clear that going back and forth wasn't working. So I, I left, my parents ended up following me and we moved to Beverly Hills just so that I could go to Beverly Hills High School for one semester. Then while I was there, I was auditioning auditioning and then I got The Crush, my first film. And then after The Crush, I did, I think, eight other movies. You know, I did a movie with Alan Corneau, is a French filmmaker and James Gandolfini was in it with me. So I did that film outside of Paris, that was amazing. And I did Hide Away with Jeff Goldblum and I did The Babysitter that was a, a Quentin Tarantino favorite actually, but it was uh, directed by Guy Furland and produced by Joel Schumacher. And I did a bunch of movies. I did a Raquel Welch movie. I did a Time Daily movie. And they were really good parts in these movies. So I was slowly, oh, I did a really weird movie with Ralph Bakshi about 1950s with Jared Leto. You know, Jared Leto was not Jared Leto. I was not me. We were both just, you know, actors. And we played husband and wife and we were 19 and we had a newborn baby. And it's like this 1950s, really gritty you know, sexy, awful thing, but, but it was good. And uh, so I did all these movies and then Clueless came along. And so Clueless was just another movie that I was doing. I was quite tired at the time. I'd been going back to back to back to back to back, but I was so happy to have the job and I had no idea what would become of it all. So while it was, I was working very steadily and I was considering myself quite the thespian <laughs> and then Clueless happened. And then it, it was very different then. Uh.
2: Easy to remember so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com.
3: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end.
4: You are, I think it's fair to say, a passionate vegan. You're the owner of a a company called My Kind Organics. You've published two cookbooks, The Kind Diet, The Kind Mama. My question is more, and I could have this all wrong, but I imagine that when you are successful in acting, as you were very early and in a very big way, when you want to grow into different things, when you want to say, well, actually what I want to do is this, whether it's a political or nutritional movement or whatever the case may be, do you feel like you get unfairly criticized for that? Do you feel like people don't give you the permission to move in different directions when you want to? Or or is that not a struggle and I'm making that up?
5: I think it's absolutely real, but I'm such a fighter. I mean, I'm you know, I I'm so used to being made fun of. I'm so used to being criticized. I'm so used to it. It doesn't really shake me. I know who I am. I know that what I, the choices I make, I heavily research or they're coming from nature, just natural loving place. And so whether it's coming from a natural loving place and a heart open space, or it's coming from heavily researched information, I know I trust that. And I want to live in a world where we can all be free to be who we are and whatever that is. And so I'm very interested in sharing, you know, yes, I wrote these books and they they have recipes in them, but they're more than cookbooks. The Kind Diet helps people to find their truest selves, releasing themselves from the gunk that we've been putting in ourselves, allowing yourself to be kind to you, kind to the planet, kind to animals, kind to the starving people, really allowing you to step into your truth. And With knowledge. So if you're informed, I think the problem is a lot of us are not informed. So if you get the information and then you can suss what you're willing to do and not do. And the kind mama helps women to get pregnant, you know, boost your fertility, give you a pregnancy that's free of all the ailments that we've come to accept as normal and just have a goddess-like experience that we were given this God given right to have. So these books are sort of how I landed in, you know, it was books, then it was vitamins and a lot of things along the way. And I'm an activist for sure for love and healing and truth and children and animals and people and the world, right? All of those things really matter to me. And so I wanted to do this podcast. You know, actually Bob Pittman is kind of a pal of mine and he had suggested to me, he said, why aren't you doing a podcast for us a long time ago? And it took me dragging my feet. Just, it's just, I get really busy being a mom and I'm doing all these movies and I'm just busy. So finally I got it together and I'm so grateful that he nudged me because if he hadn't, I wouldn't have done it. So I'm grateful. grateful to be on his platform, doing it with him, you know, with you guys, with him. It feels like the right home for me, given that I'm friends with him and that he suggested it. But the experience has been so amazing because I get to talk to people. I'm talking to really interesting people. Yesterday, I spoke to a gastroenterologist and she's just so powerful from Iran. And she's this woman who's come here and done such wonderful, huge things. And she's helping people on the daily in such a profound way. So I'm talking to, and Kevin Smith, you know, a director, writer, producer, all of those things, actor, about his transformation, his life-changing experience with his health. And Pinky Cole, this woman who, she really is healing food deserts in Atlanta. And she created this place called the Slutty Vegan and it's taking over and she's just so successful. And while she's doing this, she's healing her community. So for me, each time I get to have these conversations, it's just so thrilling because I don't have to do all the sharing and talking. I get to ask all the questions and really allow people to share their experience and the things that I'm inspired by and that I really believe can heal us. Because the, the real heal is about asking yourself the question, what is it really going to take to heal our communities, ourselves, and our planet? And I think we have the answers. We just have to go deep inside and get it. And so that's what we're attempting to do.
4: I remember when Bobby Meldic almost a couple of years ago, and was like, I just had an amazing- At least three years ago. Yeah, we should definitely figure something out. And I'm, I'm really glad we did, honestly. It feels like, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, I went to a doctor recently and- He was talking about diet. And he said, you know, just eat a bunch of fiber. Don't eat fried food. And I said, okay, anything else? I was looking for more. And he was like, I I don't know, like, don't eat bacon. (laughs) 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 My my point is like, this was the sum total. (laughs) What I imagine, he's a good doctor. What I imagine was like 50 years of practicing medicine and, and from a really smart guy. And it made me think there's nothing good or bad necessarily about this, this fellow or his practice, it just made me think, there's probably very limited focus and attention on this still. And I couple that with, before I throw it back to you, we're, going, we're coming out of two years here where I think, if anything, people have been more focused than ever, or at least hopefully on themselves, on family, on on their immediate neighborhood and, and unit, if you will. And so in a sense, it's probably a good time for us as a culture, as a community to be like, well, we're all at home more often than not these days anyway. Maybe we start talking about this more. But to go back to the first part of my question, does that surprise you or are you like, yeah, no one's talking about this stuff? the way they should be. It's just an incredibly flippantly oversight on our part. What's your take?
5: It's maddening. I mean, it's maddening when you know that viruses and such that have come and gone throughout our history don't attack strong immune systems. And so how do you get a strong immune system? And that is the main conversation that everyone should be having, is how do we get ourselves strong? And if I have diabetes or I have heart disease or I have obesity or hypertension, my immune system is not strong. That's a fair conclusion. And when The Kind Diet, my book came out, I remember people coming to my book signings after for the next round of books. So not the hard copy, but the soft copy saying, I did everything you said in the book. I lost, one guy lost 100 pounds. Another person got rid of their lupus. Another person got rid of their heart disease. You know, people were changing their lives because of the choices they make. It's not 100% 100% perfect for everyone. But if you know that the odds are, all the stats, all the data points towards doing this, then just do it. And then if you, you know, what do you have to lose? All you're going to get is a great life. You know, you're going to get to have a great, great life, a longer life, a healthier life. So yeah, it is maddening, but it's also really exciting because I get to see people change and I get to see people wake up and say, hang on a second, this doesn't smell right. What's going on here?
4: Well, listen, I... Deeply appreciate you partnering with iHeart on this podcast. I appreciate you jumping into this podcast medium to begin with. This medium has exploded in the last 10 years, but especially two years, really. But Alicia, thank you very much.
5: Thank you so much. I really appreciate you asking me these questions.
4: Everybody have a great day. We will see you next time for another great session. Be well. Take care. Bye.
2: Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.